0: What's What's up, ladies? Welcome to The Urban Christian Woman. I am Toshiba Oliver, one of your hosts. And I'm Leah Ross, your other host. Living as an urban Christian woman is an amazing gift and an incredible responsibility. We need God's truth to shape and transform us. The Urban Christian Woman is a space to help us grow in faith and steward who we are and the cultural context in which we live.
1: On this podcast, we will excavate God's word. And have great conversation about books of the Bible, discuss things happening in culture along with its challenges and how the Bible responds, and hear from and be encouraged by women living faithfully in everyday spaces for the glory of God. So listen, wherever you are, know that in this space, come on in because the water is fine and be equipped for everyday life through the Urban Christian Woman podcast.
0: Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman What's up, ladies? Welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. Oh, I'm stumbling over words already. Stumbling over words already. (laughs) We're happy to be back with you guys. We're happy to be
1: back. We're here. We're showing up. We're showing up. Many of like many of you, we tied. (laughs) We can't even afford the r. We tied. We tied. We
0: tied. But here's the the world
1: is the way it is.
0: Yes, it is.
1: But here, here's what's true. Mm -hmm. God's word is good It's Mm -hmm. good for us to feast on And so that we're showing up We're showing up up for it Yep And can we just
0: let y'all know That we have been praying for you guys We prayed for you Before we even started Hitting the record button on this podcast Because today's podcast is all about What is the way of repentance What Mm -hmm. is the way of repentance And so um and so much more there's mm-hmm. <laughs> so much more that's so just much
1: more. that's mm-hmm. just the
0: appetizer um, mm-hmm. but we are in Luke 15 and 16 and we are almost to the finish line on yeah. this Rounding. series mm-hmm. of the book of Luke and the ways of the kingdom and so um today our focus and our takeaway for the way of the kingdom is a great reversal of how we view honor and shame. And so uh, Leah, I feel like you wanted to jump
1: in and say something already. Well, yeah, no. I mean, I think that this is gonna be just a place where we see highlighted all of these things that Jesus has been like alluding to or or illuminating along the way. Mm -hmm. um, That in, in heavenly values, honor and shame are absolutely inverted. Um, and so that is that's where we position ourselves to even view what's happening in these two chapters. and that's yeah. how we're going to move forward as we see how he will accomplish salvation yeah. through laying down his honor and taking on our shame.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll see Jesus in chapters 15 and 16 telling multiple parables to reveal who and what matters in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And he continues to make these clearly defining differences of what you're mm-hmm. talking about with this honor and shame. And even with repentance of mm-hmm. um, a, what is the difference between a repentance that uh, pursues transformational change and a repentance that uh, a full repentance that is yeah. rooted in transactional change. And I think through through that great reversal is how we're going to see this new view of mm-hmm. honor and shame that is eternal. So, looking at these key players, who, who's who who who's on the scene, Leah? Who's, on who's on the, the scene? The,
1: who's okay. on the scene? So, in chapter fifteen, we see Jesus, the tax collectors, um, the sinners. I mean, who, who's not a sinner? Okay, but they're their are names pharisees uh and then when we enter into the parable we have the man with the sheep the woman with the coins and then a father with two sons Mm -hmm. and then in chapter 16 we see jesus showing up with speaking to his disciples speaking to the pharisees and then speaking in these parables that include a rich man and his manager a -hmm. rich man with lazarus and then abraham is mentioned um in that last parable as well Mm -hmm. so and then it's taking place um in this, time, in this time when Jesus has already proclaimed his death and resurrection, he's already highlighted that this is what's about to happen.
0: Yeah. And
1: now he's on his way to Jerusalem. And so even in the context of where is this happening, he is on his way to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Now, this these chapters now, I mean, these are essentially like all parables almost in these two chapters, just chock yeah. full of these parables back to back to back. And he's yeah. telling them to point to who he has come for. He's come for the lost and the least and those who are willing to repent as we're talking about this repentance and believe by faith. So this is what he's zoning in. He's zeroing in Mm -hmm. on seeking the lost, those who have a posture of repentance Mm -hmm. and would embrace his way through faith.
0: Yeah. And I mean, just just piggybacking and backtracking to chapters 13 and 14. Y'all remember at the end, that he was talking about the cost of being a follower of Jesus and a disciple. And he's mm-hmm. like, yo, go fill my table with who? The poor, the lame, the blind, mm-hmm. the crippled. Mm-hmm. And he is filling his table and there is still room. And yo, right at chapter 15, yeah, the room at the table, the seats that are available at the table, we're going to see are available for tax collectors and sinners and sinners mm-hmm. means anybody and everybody Anybody <laughs> But I I, Any love it. I love it I love it mm-hmm. so these themes in chapter 15 these parables are pointing us to Jesus's heart full of love and compassion that reflects a dichotomy of him embracing shame for us mm-hmm. so the one who is lost can be honored and then mm. the kingdom of God Mm-hmm. is a kingdom that rejoices over a repented and returning heart a repentant and returning heart oh my goodness, I am so thankful for mm-hmm. the kingdom of God in G. Mm-hmm. So chapter 16 um, is really placing an emphasis on faithfulness to the kingdom of God with our earthly means and the law and the kingdom of God and then this great reversal that, We have sort of just encompassed um, in light of Jesus and eternity. And this lack of belief is not due to not enough evidence, but to a hardened heart. So y'all are going to hear all these things. We're all going to be attuned into this and hearing like this posture of that hardened heart and that softened heart. And so, yeah, let's talk about some of these repeated words, girl, what we got going on that's repeated over and over. Yes, over, over
1: and, and over you hear lost, you hear found. So this yes. is seeking and this returning. Mm-hmm. Um, the sinner and the repent repentance, who repents and the and calling to repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, so sin and repentance are just all all throughout repeated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in these parables, especially in fifteen, there's this joy and rejoicing theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in sixteen, it's really this focus on money mm-hmm. and riches, the rich man mm-hmm. and money. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's interesting. Too how those sort of like they definitely converge, they come together, and then they diverge in these unique ways. So we'll yep. see that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. So we'll see in regards to key verses. I would say the key verse for um chapter 15 would be just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sin yeah. who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And that's then, an anchor. That's an anchor, honey. And then in 16 and 17, but it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. Mm-hmm. And there's this central reminder that we cannot by any means gain our own righteousness, but the only one who has perfected every dot of the law is Christ and unless we fully lean on crediting His righteousness to our account, we are guilty of it all.
1: Mm, it. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah,
0: Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe.
1: Girl. We might need to put a. We might need to put together a playlist for this episode because there are talking about returning with joy, talking about Jesus paid it all. Like there's some there's some hits out it's there. Some there. Hits. That Some just, hits out there. Yeah, we some okay. hot tracks. Some put That track. in the cooker. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, so let's let's just jump right in. What's happening mm-hmm. in chapter 15? Walk us through Toshiba, what we see, and just begin to unpack some of this because I'm ready.
0: Yeah, yeah. In in chapter 15, Jesus is making clear and he makes clear what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God, which is a focus directly on repentance, what it means to be repentant. And now making known who the one who repents is and what matters, confession and belief in response to these Pharisees, right? These Mm -hmm. Pharisees who are grumbling of who Jesus is, uh, who who Jesus is with through the parable of the lost sheep. And we find this in the first seven verses, um, in verses one through seven. And I love right off the bat, we already know Jesus is with tax collectors Yeah, Who's he with? Who's his people? Jesus is with these tax collectors and sinners. Now, here's the deal, mm-hmm. is that tax collectors were hated by their own people and mm. they were traitors for the sake of wealthy gain. We already see money on the scene mm-hmm. for the sake of wealthy gain and those who... Uh, oppress the countrymen, so they were just traitors. They were what we would call loners. And mm-hmm. then when um, when Luke is highlighting this and Jesus is making known these sinners, he's saying, "Listen, everybody who is immoral, who does not follow the law of God, is considered a sinner." And Jesus mm-hmm. is welcoming them, y'all. And so, not only is he welcoming them, but he's bringing them into the most intimate thing that you can do. Which mm-hmm. is eating with one another is mm-hmm. breaking bread, yeah, breaking bread, right? And so the Pharisees are not on board at all mm-hmm. with him, with his ideology. Um, and when I'm saying ideology, I'm saying like his his missional assignment, his mission his, approach, yeah, his missional yeah. approach
1: mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God. And, and he, what's crazy is that they're not; they're really not allowing him to define the ideology through the mission, right? Right, They have an ideology and they want that ideology to define the mission instead of the other way around. And so they miss it. They They miss miss it. it They miss it. Because boots on the ground, Jesus, Mm -hmm. is actually what defines true faithful Christian belief. Come on now. And then on the flip side, they're like, we have all these theoretical, idealistic, like, sort of views of how what is true, and then we want that to dictate how we live it out. And Jesus is like, no, no, you're missing it. You're missing it. Which
0: is what's making them so angry, right? Because Mm -hmm. according to their laws and their tenets, right, Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus is calling himself a priest, and the priests were seen as holy men who did not congregate Mm -hmm. or even suck. They would separate themselves Mm -hmm. From the everyday people. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, nah, I'm actually inviting them to the table.
1: Yeah. So
0: Jesus tells the parable of a man with 100 sheep. And I found it so interesting that it says where, quote unquote, if if he lost oh, okay. one yeah if look at that work y'all when we're reading with scripture is so important. Mm-hmm. and I was like, oh snap both times in the two parables he's gonna say if if this man lost one, would he not go after it and carry it on its shoulders and find it and then begin rejoicing? Mm-hmm. And so this parable is highlighting that this man being a reflection of Jesus goes after each one of his flock. I love that he says, if he has lost, meaning there's this awareness to know that one was missing. Mm-hmm. And then the one the, the one that matters that, that, that matters to him is whoever is lost, whoever mm-hmm. is lost. And so he has this awareness, and he's saying, "Listen, this one matters to me. It is an important sheep, and I'm going to go after him, and then I'm going to carry him back home, which really is highlighting for us who Jesus is. He's the one who initiates. Mm. our invitation towards repentance. And he is the one who finishes the work to bring us back into the eternal home of glory. Don't miss that. death, burial, and resurrection. Don't miss that. That's good. (laughs) I know, it's good, ain't it? And so when this return happens, there is not just rejoicing from this man, but the community, there's a host of people that are rejoicing and having joy because it is being symbolic of those in heaven. y'all, mm-hmm. when one person repents, the angels, the people in heaven rejoice because they are returning back to the one who made them and who mm-hmm. formed them and who fashioned them and who, who, who desire to reflect uh, his glory through them. And so mm-hmm. there's this joy because the one who was lost is now found because the one matters and that's mm-hmm. what Jesus I believe in this in this passage is trying to make uh, very clear is he's making the point that one matters the one is worthy of pursuing. So we see that Jesus is inviting um, and talking about this repentance because it's because one person is worthy of pursuit and that repentance turns us towards that. And then we see this next one of the parable of the lost coin in verses eight through ten, where this woman has ten silver coins and she, she loses one coin, which is considered one days of wage. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's costly, y'all. I mean, like, don't think about American time. Y'all need to think about real <laughs> historic time, um, you know, back then. And so here this word is again that we say, if she has lost it, mm-hmm. right? In, mm-hmm. in the text, that's what it says. It says, listen, if... She loses one coin. Um, it, there's this hypothetical her posture would be one with vigor. As a matter of fact, this woman will go to great lengths by lighting a lamp. Okay, she's using her resources, mm-hmm. 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 she's being the house, she's using her, she's using her hands, her energy, her yes, energy, yes,
1: yes, and this
0: word says seeking diligently till yes. she finds it. That means that she is in hot pursuit, relentless hot pursuit, relentless hot pursuit of seeking to find this coin. And why? Because again, again, this one coin matters so much that she can't keep it to herself, but tell others so that they too can rejoice, right? For this coin Mm -hmm. is lost. And this coin points us to, again, that there is this priority. Not only is a person worthy of pursuing, but they are, it's a priority and it's costly. The one is costly Mm -hmm. um, to pursue. And so Jesus makes known, let me say this one more time, that the angels rejoice over the sinner who repents. There is great joy in repentance and the worthy and costly individual that Christ has come for is rejoiced over when they repent. And so Jesus is the initiator when we embrace his call in that repentance. That call brings rejoicing, not re- mm-hmm. just rejoicing for him, but rejoicing for those who are in the kingdom of God. Well, what is this repentance that the one Jesus has come to go after exactly? Enters what is it? Mm-hmm. enters this last parable. Okay. Mm-hmm break it what, down. What is this real repentance? Illustrate okay. it. Yeah, girl. Well, I mean I ain't got to illustrate it cuz he 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 illustrates He work. does. He, he illustrates it real He illustrates clear. and illuminates. And illuminates so it. So
1: share it with us. Yes. Yeah,
0: so in verses 11 through 32 there's this parable of a father and his two sons. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus tells his third parable of two sons to reveal the way the ways of a repentant heart. Which are that produce this transformational change, and the ways of a heart and heart that sort of seeks transactional change um, or transactional? Yeah. Um, this transactional type of context mm-hmm. and Div- um, break
1: that down for us. What you mean by transformational? Yeah. Transactional.
0: Yeah. So transformational is uh, is really rooted, as we will see in the text, in the posture of the heart. When one becomes aware and awakened to their wrong, to their sin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not only do they become aware and awakened to their sin, but when they do, there is this direct connectness of, wait a minute, who is, like we will see in the parable, who is my father? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and this awareness of who the father is that says, man, I actually am on the wrong course. Yeah. <laughs> I am in sin And I am in separation from a loving God. So we see this awareness that leads to awaken and this awaken will lead to confession. And then this confession Mm. will lead Mm. towards a, a humble repentance to say, I am unworthy and mm-hmm. when we have that humble, humbled heart to say, Listen, I am unworthy to receive what has been already so graciously and lavishly been given and placed before me that I have squandered, that I have neglected, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we see still the Father coming after us with this lavish life. So that's transformational. What we will see in transactional is we will see these acts that are mm-hmm. done outwardly Mm-hmm. With the expectation
1: that there will be proper reward for reward, those back. Reward, payback, yes. There be, it's like, an act done with the expectation.
0: Yes. It, mm-hmm. I love the way that in the most simplistic way, I love that uh, Trip Lee sort of artic- articulates it in a song. Hey, you're treat- the transactional is like treating Jesus like a holy ATM. Mm. I put something in and you're going to give me something back. Mm. And so um, that's not the way the kingdom of God works. At Mm -hmm. all, Mm -hmm. at all. And so we will see these two types of hearts that fuel these two different postures. Mm -hmm. And so the response of a loving and compassionate and longing father to each of his sons um, in his heart posture towards those sons still. So this younger son, in verses 11 through 24, we see this desire for his inheritance, right? He, he, he reflects dishonor because in this culture,
1: one never asks for their inheritance. Right That's like basically saying, "I, I wish you were dead.": That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. because so, they would only get the inheritance after the father passes away. So he's basically saying, "Come on, I, I'd rather live as if you did as if you were dead."
0: And if you, as if you did not exist, absolutely Mm -hmm. right. And so I love that the, like, this is what I love about reading in scripture Mm -hmm. because guess what? The father does not argue with him. He He does not debate
1: with him. He doesn't even take, he doesn't even take a a stance of like, what is actual? What he has the right to? You know, he doesn't even come refute. On. Even though he has a stance to, even come though he on. has every right to say, every right. That's not how this thing goes. You better come on now. You know, like he yes. has every right, but he lays down the for this for what he we le- will now see a long-term expression of great and generous love. But let me not get ahead of myself. Don't Go get ahead. ahead
0: of yourself. But he's laying, He's ultimately saying, "Yes, I will give you that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will." And so he is given his inheritance without argument. He leaves only to squander it. He's living recklessly. He's spending everything that he has. And so he's just going in this downward spiral trajectory, right? Like he's just going downward and downward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. leads him into a place of consequences where he is a hired hand feeding pigs And it it must not been enough what he was getting paid because it it, it says in the text that he was desiring to eat the pig's food and yet was given nothing. He was given nothing. And so this dude is like, he has no recognition of who he is or who he
1: actually is connected to, who he belongs to. And what's crazy is too, because he's in another country. So he's outside of the care that's provided for him through his family relationships. Right. Yeah. They're like, they don't, even in his desperate state, these are strangers, foreigners. They don't even care to give him anything or to provide for him in his moment of lack. So it's outside of, it's outside of care. It's outside of relationship. And then that's because it's been out, it's outside of, right. These, these loving relationships. Yep. He left.
0: Yep. Yep, and I love that you're highlighting that that he was in a far away country because ultimately, I think this is also something of us pointing us to this trajectory of what sin does. Sin mm-hmm. separates us from a loving God, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what it does. And so him being in a far country is him choosing to distance himself from the loving care mm-hmm. of his father, which is what you're talking about. And I that. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent thought on that. Excellent thought. And so, yeah. So what ends up happening is he actually, in regards to him not recognizing who he is, his heart becomes aware. He becomes Mm -hmm. very much so awakened. And he's like, wait a minute. Like he Mm -hmm. says to himself, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. And so Mm -hmm. his heart becomes aware of number one, his father. Yeah. And his father's care, right? Mm -hmm. And that awareness leads to an awakening and it causes him to recognize his unworthiness and his sin. And his father, right? As we see, he's aware of this, he experienced this awakening. He takes ownership of his sin, saying, "Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you." He's like
1: rehearsing this thing, so that he's rehearsing it on his walk. Well, you can imagine it, right, is, on his way back. He's reciting in his head, "This yes. is what I'm going to say. This is how I'm going to say it." Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: and not in this, and not in this posture of like performance, but mm-hmm. he's saying it with eagerness. He yeah. has this eager expectation to repent and take ownership of what mm-hmm. he has. done done before Mm -hmm. his father and to humble himself and say, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And you know that true humility and ownership of sin is taking place and real repentance is taking place, Leah, Mm -hmm. because he's embracing the correction that could come from this.
1: He says, treat me as one of your higher sons. Yeah. Yeah. He's not trying to shortcut out of the consequences of his actions. That's why He's willing to take on the full weight of that. Come Although on. we'll see how that, I mean, we'll just see how the how mercy responds to that. But that right. posture, right, that right. posture is that proper posture of unworthiness, mm-hmm. not in sort of a self-degrading way, but just in a reality of, of his own fallenness, his yep. own brokenness and his own sin.
0: Yep. Yep. And mm-hmm. so because of the, when he does that, he is so blown away as he has arose, as he has arisen and gone to his father and while he was still at a distance his father was looking and he saw him from way off and had compassion mm-hmm. and look at these words I love these action words like as a former English teacher I'm like oh my gosh this is so beautiful okay mm-hmm. this compassion he ran
1: I know Embrace. it gives me the chills
0: I know Embrace. He kissed his son
1: y'all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the
0: son then sees the father and confronts and confesses his sin.
1: And At can the, we just park right here for a minute go because ahead and park, like girl. what go ahead and is park. what is so just amazing to me is you know how we were talking about that honor and shame piece uh-huh. as well mm-hmm. like the father Basically, makes a spectacle of himself. Mm-hmm. This honorable, wealthy, land owning, property owning, you know, uh, generational yes. wealth owning father. Yes. Puts himself in a like exposed position, but run- they don't run. They you don't. Say, I'll
0: be ashamed for my baby.
1: I will be ashamed to approach, you know, and it would have been it would have been culturally normal, right, to to have that that yes, individual ma'am. family or not come and yep. grovel and da 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 and this that and the yep. other. And he's like, "No, while you were still a long way off, I'm gonna run for you. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. gonna forget the the glancing eyes of others because yep. my love yes. is waiting to be lavished on you.
0: Yes, and what does this? I mean, look at what happens. In that and this repentant son towards his father, I love that for me. What I was just seeing in this text is like this blue a, a form of a path and a blueprint yeah. for true repentance, right? And and this son is saying to his father, I have sinned against heaven first mm-hmm. and before you. Mm-hmm. So he recognizes that he has sinned against the holy, mm-hmm. righteous, just. God that has authority over his life and he sins against the father who is in his life. Mm. And so he embraces this humility through the rest of the text. And the father sees this, he sees this, this huge transformation. He's like, this is not the same son that dipped out and would consider me dead. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, the father celebrates all that has taken place with a celebration. Here we go again. There is rejoicing yeah. when the one who is lost is now found. And so we, sem- yeah. we see the similarity of that to these previous parables. And then we see this older son. Yeah. Talk see- about this, this brother. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Bless what his heart. Happened? Bless his heart, and it could be in. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to get ahead of us and insert, you know, application. But listen, I mean, we can't. We all go in and, in and out of operating as a younger son and an older son, mm-hmm. a younger son and an older mm-hmm. son, a younger mm-hmm. son and an older son. But anyway, the oldest son we see in 25 through 32, he's this hard worker, but he reflects a false form of honor because his outward actions, as we said earlier, are reflecting honor to his father. Yet his heart is full of anger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: yeah. know, his father is seeking to rationalize with him in the text and invite him in, but there's just no turning back. He mm-hmm. there's no turning back in verse 27. Um verse 20 20 um, eight, he says but he was angry and refused to go in and his father came out you see mm-hmm. the father pursuing him and entreating him like mm-hmm. yo son like what what what's going on in your heart mm-hmm. you know so, which
1: again sorry i'm like tripping over these these elements of honor and shame because yes. Again, Again. who is the father? He's the master of the house. Come on now. He's the one throwing the party. These are his sons. And just as he came out to the younger son, he comes out, Mm -hmm. right? He leaves this party as the the host of the party leaves the party to go get his older son. Yep. So there's not a lack of love, right? There's not Mm -hmm. a lack of willing to put aside that honorable well-deserved, honorable position Yep. in order to really approach Mm -hmm. in sort of this um, uncommon, uncharacteristic cultural way to approach his older son out of a love, expressed love for him.
0: Yes, girl. Yes. Honor
1: and shame, man.
0: Honor and shame. The great reversal. (laughs) The great reversal in real time. And so his emotions and his hard heart are being communicated through these absolute words right as we continue to see in in verses 29 it says he answered his father he's looking um and he says look these many years i have served you and i never disobeyed your mm-hmm. command i never disobeyed your command and you never gave me a young goat and so He is saying these absolute words of never and comparing it to himself by saying he's never disobeyed, which Mm -hmm. any parent knows is not real at all. No child Mm -hmm. never disobeyed. You got high hopes
1: for yourself, but I don't think so.
0: Yes. And then he adds and increases and begins to embellish what Mm -hmm. his brother has been doing. He, he says in verse 30, but when this son of yours, first of all, he didn't even call him his brother because he like, he, he ain't no brother of mine, really. Mm-hmm. He, said, he said, but when this son of yours came, who mm-hmm. has devoured your property with your prostitutes. Now, hold on one second. Ain't nowhere in the text. You was out working. What do you know? <laughs> and he was in a far and distant country. So how possibly...
1: You might have seen. known, you might have known the brush strokes, but you're filling in the incriminating details you're, just to make your point. Ooh, wait ooh. a minute. That might have some social and cultural implications. <gasps> ooh, ooh, ooh. This here moment here, this here cultural moment, perhaps. Perhaps. Okay. These embellishes, right? Mm. And so,
0: you know, it's it's just, it's real. He's adding these embellishments, not knowing at all since he's been in the fields and now shaming his own father. He is now shaming his own father for him fathering his brother. Mm -hmm. That's really what he's doing. And I still love y'all look at the hot pursuit of the love of the father. This father is highlighting and reminding him of what is true. He says, son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. And so he's, he, you can hear this loving tone and making known why it matters to rejoice and celebrate what has happened. He's like, yo, your brother came home. He was mm-hmm. lost. He was dead. He was unrepentant. Yeah. And now he is found. He is alive. He has returned. He is repentant. And then, of course, y'all, we have this major cliffhanger right at the end, right? Because we don't know where this resolves in the heart of the older son. And Jesus leaves that purposefully as the Pharisees and the scribes are well aware of parables mm-hmm. and open-ended for them regarding the state of their heart. Because they are posturing yeah. their hearts
1: yeah. just as
0: if this older son
1: right, cliffhanger and we, yep, and we see that cliffhanger is just so, it, it resonates back. It's so hearkening to in, um, was it 14, 13 or 14, where he mm-hmm. says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Chapter 14, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long for you. I long for you. Like a like a mother with her hand, I mean, yet, a mother hand with her chicks, mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. So there's this longing, mm-hmm. this openness, open this open-ended invitation yeah. Um, and in the, you know, in the earlier chapter, he says, and yet you would not come. And so right here, I feel like the Pharisees are standing there and, and Jesus like, and yet yep. dot, dot, dot. And we're just going to leave it there. And will, you or, there. You? And will you or won't you? And yet. Hey, ladies,
0: we are so grateful to bring you the ministry of the urban Christian woman right into your headsets, your airwaves every single week. We have seen God at work through the varying resources of the Urban Christian Woman, be it the blogs, the podcasts, the events held locally in the Cleveland, Ohio area. Currently, we are seeking to reach our giving goal of $1,500 of monthly givers to fuel God's kingdom work in the lives of urban women all across the US. So we would ask you to consider giving as little as $5 a month the work of the urban Christian woman and help equip urban women with God's truth for everyday life. You can give right now by going to www.theurbanchristianwoman.com. Thanks in advance for your
1: investment into the lives of urban women. And so flowing right out of that chapter 15, Jesus is continuing to speak to his disciples now in these parables, and he's talking about the value systems of the kingdom of God. Come on. And um, so we see him, we see him, first of all, defining just sort of the value systems through this Quite perplexing, I would say, parable yeah. of the dishonest manager. Yeah. Um, so he's telling he's telling this parable to his disciples, and so I got to be honest, ladies. When I first, it took me like three or four or five times to read this. Yeah, this uh, is a tricky one. Begin this to make sense one. of it. It's definitely a confusing one. It's definitely a tricky one. Um, but upon just really sitting with it and and seeking wisdom from biblical resources, like it really became clear that the bottom line is Jesus is saying to his disciples. Use your money to prepare for your future life. Use your resources to prepare for mm. your eternal, posture your resources to mm. actually feed into what is your eternal treasure. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I just, first of all, I just want to encourage us to a diligence in Bible study because I ain't tell you how many times I've read this in just yep. different seasons of life. And yep. Just not been it's not been clear, um, yeah, but faithful and diligent study can oftentimes just we can dig into that and yep. and um and not only that, but just posturing ourselves in a place of like listen, holy spirit, make it clear because yeah. I don't um, get it, i don't get I don't it. get it, and let me tell you why I feel like one of the reasons why I didn't get it before is because I was reading through my current cultural lens, mm-hmm. I had to actually understand the context, the historical context and culture to even know, mm. like, what is shaking down here? So, so you saying, so you saying when we read the Bible, we
0: need to look at them, mm, them then mm-hmm. before we look at us now.
1: I absolutely did say that <laughs> because it's so true. And um, I think I, I, there's like a word for it. That's I'm going to have to look nugget. it up and see. Yeah, but there's like a, a, it's like anthropological or something like that, but basically really understanding the context of the history before we try to put it into our context so that we put it into our context rightly. There is meant to be this exchange in the word. We are supposed to have this conversation, this conversational uh, posture towards God's word, but we got to know the message as it comes. We have to know the intent of the communicator before we receive the message um, and begin that conversation. So that's just, that's for free. Um, but he tells this parable of the dishonest manager and Uh we have the manager who's demonstrating um, this duplicity, right? This something that Jesus both warns against and then something that he goes on to commend in Mm. further into the parable. Mm. Um, And that turns out it's not that uncommon for this to be the case in a parable, this, this sort of complexity of the characters. Mm. Um, But for me, I know that's why it was sort of confusing at first I was always looking for sort of this good-bad split. Come on. Come on, American culture. Come on. Um, And here it's way more nuanced than that. It's more nuanced than that. So we're looking at um, 16 um, verses 3 and 4 are really key to us understanding. The manager says to himself, what should I do? So so he basically is... um, Charges were brought against him that he was wasting the possessions and he's about to lose his job. Yep. So he's like, what do I do? My master is taking this management away from me, mm-hmm. listing over how he, he's basically falling short of other jobs. I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. Yeah. So he, yeah. he says, I've decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive mm-hmm. me into their houses. Mm-hmm. So knowing this, the culture is important, these debt collectors were absolutely despised. He yeah. knew that the second he walked off this job, he didn't have any reputation to get yep, another one. Yep. He knew that if it he was went like knocking a tax on collector doors, almost These right. Get, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. This rich man yep. was that he was managing his money for was getting rich off of other people's backs, and so yep. he was like, he. A certain name came to mind, but I'm not going to name it. He was the middleman of this of this dirty doing, <laughs> this dirty dealing. But he knew that if he went knocking on others' doors looking for work.
0: Y'all we are laughing in real time because this is a real whole vibe. This is a it whole vibe currently who right talking now. about. She didn't even whisper nothing but it just clicked. Who's
1: just talking knew. About. Go ahead. Looking. See so if he went knocking on other stores looking for people to kind of take to get work, um people would be ostracizing him because they knew they despised him from his last job, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in and, and I think some of this is true now but especially true then relationships were everything that was how you were honestly preserved from poverty yeah um and so he realized that in order to actually position himself to have any success and to not fall into poverty Mm -hmm. he would have to preserve some relationships that was his only chance of salvaging some life right after this job Mm -hmm. so what does he do he can't he does it in this down and dirty way but he does what he has to do to preserve relationships he goes to the debtors And he does this favor for them by cutting down their debts. They have to pay less back to this rich man. And he, in turn, gets into their good graces. And so how does Jesus pan this out to his disciples? He says Uh in verse verse 9, And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. He's saying the moral of the story is money is refer he, When he says unrighteous wealth, he's referring to money. That's, that's mm-hmm. how it's talked about. Mm-hmm. Money is the world's currency. It's mammon, whatever you want to call it. Use this to invest in eternal relationships because ultimately mm-hmm. the money will fail. Mm-hmm. The money will run out. Mm-hmm. It will fail. It will run out. Mm-hmm. And then if you've invested in these relationships, you know that you will have... Friends and a home in
0: heaven. Okay, mm, mm. Mm -hmm. which which is a whole which is a whole element because it really it really is sort of tying in right there to chapter fifteen too. Right, is that like Mm -hmm. listen, you go after the one you don't be so consumed with so many, so many, so many. Yep. I mean, I could get on a tangent about that right now, but I'm not gonna do it because the Holy Spirit is saying, "Bridle that tongue." But it, but he's saying he's saying, "Listen, the the relationships are what matter. The yep. relationships, yep, and yep.
1: that one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. The relationships are what matter. We have these resources, mm-hmm. but if we don't spend them on what actually has eternal, um, eternal weight. significance, yeah, yeah eternal significance. weight, yeah." And, what happens? We we lose it, we miss it. And actually you'll see, we'll see the connection sort of drawing this thread from this parable to the last one in, in uh 16 of how that actually looks when a rich man does not actually invest in relationships mm-hmm. and what happens in that eternal exchange. Yes. So yeah, and, so, and,
0: yeah, and, and mm-hmm. I'm looking at, you know, even in verses 10, 10 through mm-hmm. 13, like. He just is laying it down like one who is faithful in a very little and very little is also faithful in much. Speak to
1: speak to that a little bit. So the little right is this earthly wealth, like the earthly wealth that we have literally pales in comparison to the eternal wealth that is stored up for those who are in Christ Jesus. So Mm -hmm. when we when he says little, he's not just talking about a little bit of money. He's Mm -hmm. actually talking about any amount of money because in comparison, it's little. It's little. It's, it's beans. It's, it's, it's literally beans compared to you what he has that. stored up in eternity for us. And so he says, if you're faithful in this life, mm. in this here little exchanges of money, mm-hmm. then I can trust you with these eternal riches. And yet, if you're mm-hmm. dishonest with this little, if you're cutting corners and, 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 and really thinking about number Ooh. one— How do you think that's going to change when it comes to these things that have eternal value?
0: Mm. He's
1: saying it won't. And so, again, if you then have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who's going to entrust you with these true riches? Come on. Who? Who? And then he goes on to break it down even further. You cannot idolize money. No man can serve two masters. How do I know if money is my master? Come on, tell us. How do I know, girl? Tell us. Am, am I just... a, girl, have I, I, have I lifted it up? Have I elevated its importance above the things that God says to lift up, to elevate, to treasure? Relationships, his kingdom values, mm-hmm. peace in the kingdom. I mean, these are the things that, that he has told us. Look, seek the, seek the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And his righteousness mm-hmm. and everything else will be added to mm-hmm. you. But mm-hmm. if instead we've postured ourselves to seek these, this, this money, this mammon, this unrighteous wealth, mm-hmm. we have made it our master. Mm. And so Jesus is then very openly and explicitly dealing with the Pharisees mm. about all of this stuff because he they, it says the Pharisees were lovers of money. Mm. So yeah, and, that's, he's, and, and he's their money was connected directly. to
0: their power. See, Mm -hmm. power and money are synonymous with one another. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it was.
1: Girl, mm-hmm. I can't even I can't mm-hmm. even go there. Go ahead. And because he addresses their their love, because he 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 picks at their idol and and, and shines a light on it so directly, it yeah. takes their hostility to this next level, right? Yeah. So ch- you were just talking about huh, in chapter 15, the Pharisees were grumbling. Now they're outright ridiculing Jesus. Mm. The heat has now turned up because he's calling out the idols of their hearts by mm. name. Woo
0: woo. He like you know I'm gonna tell you what you serve.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And it specifically in verse 14, right? That's what he's saying. Yeah. He's like the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and they
1: mm-hmm. ridiculed him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he has to address them. He addresses their hearts. And not only does he address this idolatry of money, but he goes into their whole, their whole logic. Girl, we we're talking about ideology mm. and how it, it defines yep. in, this, in this unhealthy way. Ideology yep. will define how you walk out your mission. You but got, but actually Jesus said I'm wait. walking things out to understand this greater ideology of what I value and what wait you should value second. in the kingdom you of God. Have, wait, 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 wait.
0: You're gonna have to back that back that train up. Back that train up. I feel like a matrix scene
1: right now, okay? Matrix scene. This is, this is so... I think this is so essential for us right now, though. Can I just bring it to the right now moment? C- come on, bring Can it right I'm now, it right, it to now the right now. now, set, now moment? set it on the table for us, honey. Because there are a lot of thinking heads in the church... Mm. in seminaries, in author, writing circles, book circles, all that stuff that Mm. want to define how we should live out the Christian life based on these thought level ideologies, right? Like thought Mm. level. And Jesus is actually saying, no, look how I walked it out. And then frame all your thought stuff from that, Y'all can't see my hands moving, because, but this is Ooh. crucial to understanding Ooh. what's going on. Because the, if, if we invert it, right, if we have it wrong, then we end up literally bridling ourselves from love because of what we believe is right or wrong thinking about things. The
0: encampment, the encampment, the you encampment, can't, the encampments the encampment ideology.
1: You've already told me what I should think about every single person who ascribes to critical race theory. You've already told me what I should think about every single person who identifies as LGBTQ. You've already told me what to think. So when the boots are on the ground and my neighbor is that person, I don't even know how to practically love them well because I'm caught up in what I think is right and wrong. So I'm
0: driving in and out my driveway, just
1: going to church. Just going to church, shutting the door. (laughs) Shutting the door. Forgetting what it actually means to be merciful. Ooh. The May it not street, be.
0: The single mom on my street that mm-hmm. say, oh, you know what?
1: If she wouldn't have done She's a, just B, a product B, of her B. circumstances. Mm-hmm. Girl. <laughs> yeah. May it not be. Have so, mercy on have us, mercy. God. Have mercy on us. Go ahead, girl. I I, I can't even go on So, so ultimately, right, this inverted kingdom shows up here. He says, and this is, this is, this is a connecting point right here. Mm. What man exalts is an abomination in the sight of God. Mm. Don't, don't try to impress God with your exalted thoughts. Don't try to impress God with your exalted status because of your money or your education. Go ahead. There is no accolade that impresses God. The Mm -mm. only thing he is after is this humility and repentance, Mm. humility and repentance. And again, Mm. he goes in and just really zeroes in on what's on the heart of these these Pharisees Mm. is the law, right? They have exalted themselves in saying, I have kept the law X, Y, and Z way. And mm-hmm. so I, I am. They're saying basically saying like, I'm justified. Honestly, I am justified. And Jesus is like, Oh, you think you justified? Mm-hmm. But what I actually am going to tell you is that you, you, you cherry pick the law to Come fit on. your own justification. Mm-hmm. I, I actually really want us to um, to mm-hmm. really sit with this verse 18 mm-hmm. because in in really drawing to like a place of brokenness, it has been used to inflict a lot of hurt on particularly women and shame on women. Mm -hmm. Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. That verse alone has been extracted out of its context and used, inflicted as a weapon of shame. Say it. On women, particularly. Say it. And, and I just want to take a stance and right now and humbly say, and I may be completely wrong, but in the context right here, mm-hmm. and, and this is the thing, context, okay? Context. If I'm leaning on context. Context. If I'm leaning on context, I have a chance to actually really embrace the the heart of what Jesus is saying. Who is he saying this to? hmm He's saying this to the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. He's saying this to the Pharisees, okay? The people of the law. The people of the law who who exalted themselves among men, saying, I have upheld the law. But Jesus, without saying it specifically, exposes to them, oh, yeah, but y'all still divorce however, whenever, and however you choose, because that fits your fancy. So you think you keep the law over here in this area and you think that it's not important for you to honor your wife and to be a person of integrity when it comes to how you protect the vulnerable because women were the vulnerable, mm-hmm. then, you have, then you are not keeping the law at all. And he hmm. says, it, there is what does he say in 17 right before that? It's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. And he said, let me show you how. Because you think that this little part of the law, this little part about divorce and honoring the person that you're with, is not really necessary and it can become void if mm-hmm. it fits your social fancy.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: Heaven and earth will pass away before that happens. Mm So, unless you keep the whole law, you are not righteous. And who is the one and only who has kept the entire law? And it is Jesus. His he name is, is Jesus. pointing to himself and saying, I am your righteousness. Mm hmm. Because I am the only one who has kept every dot of the law. Come on. And not just, kept it and fulfilling it. Kept it and fulfilling it. <laughs> so they could not turn a blind eye and let men do whatever they wanted with no regard for this covenant-keeping marriage. Mm. Jesus levels with them with this statement and, and reminds them, you think you're righteous, measuring against other people, but I am the only righteous one. And unless you submit that reality that you have broken all the law in humility, then you're exalting yourself against God. And he views it as an abomination.
0: Yeah. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of the Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives.
1: So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is TheUrbanChristianWoman.com. So when we end this chapter with this parable of the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man who has received every privilege in this life while ignoring the suffering of Lazarus. Mm. And and what I notice is is that Lazarus is um, named by name. The rich man wasn't named Mm -hmm. in this story, which should honestly tip us off to where Jesus is placing his value in this story. Mm -hmm. And then in, in the deaths, only the rich man is buried, again, noting that in life and death, Lazarus was apparently robbed of this dignity and mercy, while Mm -hmm. the rich man, again, lavished in his privilege. Mm -hmm. And so what happens here, the rich man cries out for mercy. The one who was merciless on earth now desires mercy. Mm -hmm. And the one who was robbed of mercy now receives it in eternity. There's that great reversal again, ladies. Don't miss it. Mm -hmm. And then in verse 25, Abraham addresses him as child. He says, child, remember, child. He's he's acknowledging that this rich man was a child of Abraham. Mm -hmm. And it actually, it's the parallel back in 13 when when Jesus says, listen, Y'all will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all all your fathers mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. reclining at the in the kingdom of God, and yet you yourselves cast out. So it's it's this warning of be careful that even those who consider themselves children of Abraham may in fact be left out of receiving this this eternal mm. um this this eternal rest. Mm. And so then again in verse 25, there's also these themes of this great reversal. He says, listen, in your lifetime, you received your good things yeah, and Lazarus and like man are bad things, Mm -hmm. but now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And then what's the response, right? Like what is, is there there ever humility? Mm -hmm. Is there ever like a humble awareness? No, No. he continues on this sort of superiority. So even from this place of eternal torment, he's actually saying, well, Lazarus, go fetch something for me. Mm-hmm. Will he go do something for me? Mm-hmm. He's trying to command Lazarus and then ultimately this this um this uh I guess this, this chasm. A step, yeah, this chasm <laughs> to just to just serve him basically. Yeah. Girl. Well,
0: and and this is this is what in looking at um 27, he said, and he said, Then I beg you, father, to send him to my father's house, for mm-hmm. I have five brothers so that he may warn them lest they also come into the place of torment.
1: Yeah. So so Lazarus, go do something for me. Or Father Abraham, go do something for me. Father Abraham, go do
0: something for me. Hook me up. Put me on. They have Moses. Let let them hear him. And he said, no, Father Abraham. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, Mm -hmm. neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Mm Mm-hmm. He wants things done by his means, and what he's saying, <laughs> uh, and, and really what he's saying is, ain't nothing gonna satisfy.
1: Right, right, right. This right.
0: is this, this this here heart issue. Nothing right. will satisfy it but repentance. Right. The rich
1: man thinks like there is some. There is a solution. There is another solution. There is another solution. But it, it's very clear that Jesus is ending this parable, reminding everyone. There's nothing more. What you're there's saying, nothing there's more. nothing more than than the posture of your heart. It, it right. every everything that they um and actually it's crazy because I think he's actually alluding to himself. Mm-hmm. He said, No, you he know, 100% is. That's exactly n- what Neither he's will said. they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead because guess yeah. what's
0: about to happen? I'm about to rise from the dead and y'all not going to be convinced and, and he, knew be convinced. he knew what was on their heart.
1: That's exactly what he was saying. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I believe he was saying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, there's not, I mean, there is, there is not an abundance of signs that will make up for a hardened heart. It's the heart. It's the heart posture for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the heart posture for me.
0: Yeah. It's the heart posture. And he was like, can't, can't nothing make you do this. You can't will. And this is the thing, you know, that I, and I want to say this because I know we're getting, getting close into this application. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, he's trying to say, you can't will anything. Mm -hmm. You you can't will it because the law has not allowed you to do so. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? You can't wish it. You can't make it up and Mm -hmm. come up with another practice or some form to, to execute this. No, it's only through repentance, Mm -hmm. through faith, repentance Mm -hmm. through faith. And so, you know, it is, it's, even from the context of when we are sharing the gospel and sharing our faith with others, you know, that is a place of tension with people because you, they're like, well, can I do this? Can I do that? And yeah. you're like, repentance yeah. through faith. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is the gospel, you know, right. that is right. the gospel. It is the gospel, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. So in in the midst of this, let's get to this application. Yes. How do we see Christ? We see Christ waiting for his children to repent so that and celebrate their return. Mm -hmm. This separation. We see this separation. We see this place of Mm -hmm. this role reversal that that Leah was talking about where Christ is taking on shame and he's even coming towards them and saying, listen, I'm really waiting for you, child, repent, repent, so that um, the angels in heaven and those who are in heaven can rejoice. And so there are so many implications here. I thought so much about Genesis. I thought about the garden. I thought about separation and Mm -hmm. um, all of these things. And so what are some of these implications that We see spiritually, we really Mm -hmm. see in these passages that the spiritual implications are not um, initiating anything we're not initiating anything yeah though. i
1: loved what you said at the beginning of he initiates the search yeah he does the work of bringing us back he 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 begins it and he completes it i love that i love that
0: yeah yeah and even with right even with the the two sons right he sees one from afar off he's running to him he mm-hmm. he finds out that his son is not in there and he goes to him and so christ is always initiating in our Lives and he's in hot pursuit of us. That's like Leah's word, hot pursuit. Christ hot is in pursuit. hot pursuit of us. He's full of love and full of yeah. passion, is what the text says. And he is searching for each of us, his sheep who are lost. He mm-hmm. will go as far as he needs to. You guys remember the costliness of it. He's saying it's worth it. it you, are, you are that one who is worthy of me going after, and that go because I know that that going after has the ability to produce repentance and Mm -hmm. transformation, transformation. Mm -hmm. And so he will go as far as he needs to in order to reach us, find us, and nothing is too grievous or great for his redemption. And then, Leah, what do we see as some of these implications personally?
1: Yeah, I mean, Jesus shows us that his desire is never to be sort of on the external perimeter of our lives, but he Mm -hmm. wants this proximity, this intimacy to be fully present with us. And we, Mm -hmm. you know, as we talked about last week, this cycle that starts with this humility that breeds intimacy and the intimacy that leads to proximity. And Mm -hmm. this is exactly where we see illuminated in these parables Christ's desire for us that this this um, humility, where he humbles himself, actually mm-hmm. brings an intimate love and desire for us. Mm-hmm. That leads to this proximity. He's searching for us. He's he's doing the work of our redemption for us. Yes. Um, yes. yes.
0: Mm. And then you were talking about even just you know I feel like you really have some insight to share just like um what you were talking about in we can't serve two masters and how do we know if we're worshipping and idolizing yeah. money and yeah. and asking the questions of am i spending money on building these eternal relationships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. am i idolizing it by only being happy when I have it and being unhappy when I don't. Right. Is your
1: happiness hinged on Mm -hmm. having enough money? Yeah. Are you, are you prioritizing gaining money to spend? Mm -hmm. Am I, am I prioritizing gaining money to spend it on myself? Yeah. Or if I, if I come into an unexpected stimulus windfall, am I allowing God to cultivate a kingdom focused mindset around how I spend it? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a difference between, right? Like we're handling our money versus elevating our money. And anything that's elevated, ultimately left unchecked becomes an idol. Mm -hmm. That's just how our hearts are, right? We're these idol making machines. And so God is actually calling us to decisiveness with this. He says, decide how you're going to invest, decide how you're going to deal with this, this unrighteous wealth, this this earthly money. He knows we need that decisiveness. And so he calls us to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and even I think even just that exhortation towards what you're saying, like where true wealth is in the kingdom of God with those relationships. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so especially coming off of, I think, our culture, you were talking about stimulus checks. I mean, you can talk about I mean, there's so much there in regards to um, our American culture, Mm -hmm. the grinding of work not towards what we need, but towards having just more. Mm
1: -hmm. It's the next level.
0: Yeah. The next level of more, you know what? I just want to be in this place. So, you know, by the time I get to this point, I can retire and be able to have that freedom to retire and travel. And I'm, and you know, I love what John Piper says, like, listen, retirement is nowhere in the Bible It it is not there. It is not there. You're kicking -hmm. kicking, uh, seashells on the shore and retirement is nowhere in the scriptures. Um, And so Mm -hmm. what does it mean to use our lives? I'm not saying like you continue to work your nine to five. Maybe that's some of you as you get older, but for some of you, what does it mean to literally pursue and spend your resources Mm -hmm. for the kingdom of God through the practice of relationships and mm-hmm. and the things that have eternal weight, as mm-hmm. Leah said, mm-hmm. and then talking about some of these implications socially and culturally, Leah, I feel like you were you were hinging on the dignity um, of of women in this in this posture through the yes. conversation around yes. that. Did you have anything else
1: to say? Yeah, about- man, I, I I think that that, that point. Um, That element is huge. I mean, for us particularly, I mean, we could go on a whole other conversation about how biblical literacy will actually protect the vulnerable Mm -hmm. because those who are in power have often taken scripture and used it for a means to keep power. And so if we know the scriptures truly and rightly, then we can see where we need to dismantle some of those things. We can see how we can dismantle a, a legalistic and harmful view of you know, staying in marriage or a divorce or whatever. Now, don't hear me saying God doesn't treasure marriage. He absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I think often um, the law around divorce and marriage can be used and wielded as a weapon for mm. oppression. And yeah. we know anybody listening to this podcast yeah. already knows if you yeah. lived through the past couple of weeks, you know that the name of God. And the words of God can be used as a weapon for oppression, and that is not His heart. And so, I think that that is true um, about this passage as well. Yeah. And I even think about the um, so, the many. Post- yeah, hmm. so many, yeah, so many.
0: Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah.
1: the 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 posturing of the rich man and Lazarus of just yeah. like this this. Filling of um, privilege and comfort in his life actually led to a lack of comfort and suffering for the rich man in eternity. Mm -hmm. And Lazarus, who Jesus names by name in this parable, says, yeah, he's suffering in this life, Mm -hmm. but know that he will receive eternal rest. And so I think Mm -hmm. when we see those in our world who are suffering, Mm Just a reminder that, like, God sees that, man. Yeah. Like, He's not, He's not blind to it, He's not yes. dismissive of it. He didn't miss it.
0: Yeah, he didn't he miss it. He sees
1: it, and He's holding it into account. He's he's holding it he's treasuring it. it.
0: He's treasuring it. And and you know, I you know, you're 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 landing on such a rich point because our in American culture, right? Because that's what that's where we are, that's the way mm-hmm. that in which I can speak, but we treasure our comfort and we don't embrace suffering we just mm-hmm. we we don't you know I mean like we I, I'm on here sometimes talking about my own personal suffering but just like listen I woke up late listen I you know what I'm saying like <laughs> yeah. you know I'm out here struggling because I blah 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 you know it, and I'm like man like am I really treasuring mm. what suffering is and I'm not trying to minimize the the realities of our day to day but I'm talking about like, suffering is real mm-hmm. because we just... D- and, and and we're tempted to not embrace it and mm-hmm. want it. But mm-hmm. what if we began to say, man, suffering is an invitation from Christ mm. to not just be conformed into his likeness, mm-hmm. but to embrace the
1: beauty of the riches of glory to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Often in those places, we experience a new level of intimacy with Jesus and i think the parable almost almost highlights that right like he enters into this rest in the bosom of abraham right. and we and the reality of christ we have access to that level of rest now through him <laughs> yep. and in places and seasons of suffering you'll you'll hear a testimony of saints who have just experienced a next level intimacy with yeah. God when they walk through those times and seasons so it is something to you know like, really consider of like if, if I'm running away from what I don't realize is actually an opportunity for greater intimacy with God yeah. because I'm running away from what's uncomfortable or suffering and I'm seeking yeah. comfort. Yeah, so that's a check for my whole heart as well, by the way. Y'all, yeah,
0: yeah, it's a whole check, it's a whole check for, for me too. Me too, yeah, well, that's Le- good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Leah, will you close us out in prayer? Um, man, this was good, this was rich. Yeah. Yeah, rich. let me pray for us. Father, oh. you
1: um thank you for just showing up with your mercy in the word. Thank you for showing up with your Um, just love and kindness and your just extravagant love that reminds us that you will leave the 99 and come after the one Mm -hmm. um, because you desire to joyfully celebrate over sinners who repent. Mm. And so let that be the posture of our hearts to receive your joyful celebration over us come common repentance, to want to joyfully celebrate and urge others into repentance Mm -hmm. and to want to to posture ourselves with this great reversal that we would take on um, just humility and the shame of this world, so that we may yes. be honored in your presence. Yes. We would Lord. Take on and, and understand the gravity of yes, Lord. Christ humbling himself. Yes. Christ Lord. taking on this posture of shame, so that we could be exalted, so that we could be honored. Yes. We don't Lord. take that lightly. Yes, Treasure Lord. that truth in our hearts for mm-hmm. us, Lord God. Cultivate it in us. That we yes, would see you rightly, that that it would lead to an overflow of yes. worship and love for you. Mm. Thankful for your your examples, Thank time you, after Lord. time, Thank that you, highlight your compassionate love Thank and truth you. for us in your word. Thank you. So seep these things into our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have a blessed day, ladies. Have a blessed day.